Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. Here you go, my dear. She has a quick word for you guys about something for this month that we're doing. Hey guys, so it's November. Isn't that crazy that it's already November? Ah. Well, what's your favorite part of November? I'm going to go ahead and answer for you guys. Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> Being thankful for what God has given you throughout the year and all the blessings that, that he's uh, bestowed you with. But here at Lakeside, we want to do something. And um, we want to make November a traditional month for us to be a month of compassion for our community. So every Sunday, we're going to highlight a ministry And uh, at the end of the month, we're going to collect an offering, and then we're going to split it up to all the ministries that we highlight. But um, today, we're going to be highlighting Club 180. I don't know if you guys remember Club 180. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. It's a club. um, It's a, a children's feeding program and a development center. Basically, what they do is they help at, um, at risk youth. Um, they help them with their homework. They give them a meal after school. And uh, we, last year, our church provided baskets for about 30, 30 families. So we provided baskets um, for, for Thanksgiving for them, where we provided the turkey and everything. So that was a huge blessing to them. So that's the ministry we're highlighting today is Club 180. Remember them so that when you uh, reach into your pocketbook at the end of the month, Um, you remember them that this ministry is helping children and reaching the community. Um, also, I don't know if we're going to be doing Thanksgiving baskets for them just yet, but we still want to um, collect non-perishable food items. And so if you, you guys can start bringing them um, on Sundays and we will save them and we'll either make baskets for the families at Club 180 or we'll donate it to a local food bank. So That's what we want to do. We want to be a compassionate church for our community. So that's all we have. Thank you very much, baby. You did great. I love you. Good job, Emmerich. All right, so um, last week, welcome to church. Last week we talked about warfare, and um, that message will be online uh, later today. Um, it's not on there right now, but, but, but we talked about warfare and about how we are engaged um, in it, whether we like it or not. That warfare, the definition in the Greek is like a military engagement. It's an expedition or a campaign. And one of the biggest lies that you've been told and that you probably believe is that the moment you accept Christ, like everything's going to be rainbows, unicorns, and fairies. All right, that is like not what happens. Living with Christ is way better than living without him, but he does not remove us directly from the world. He does not, when you say a prayer and ask Jesus into your life, he doesn't transport you to somewhere else. He leaves you here, and if you're here, you're in enemy territory. And one of the things you know, need to know is that you kind of become on his radar. You accept Christ, and you attempt to, to do things the right way, to live the right way, to reach people. Well, then he targets you, and I honestly believe that. There's a verse that we shared last week. It's not in your insert, but it's out of Ephesians, and we'll put it on the screen. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and against cosmic powers over this present darkness, 
against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So like I said, I feel last week we talked about this. We talked about the armor of God. We talked about um, the Lord's Prayer and how that is part of, um, of, you know, it says put the armor on and it says praying and how praying is a very spiritual thing. And since we're fighting a spiritual enemy, we need spiritual tools. Like that's just, that just makes sense. That's just the way that it is. So last week we talked about it and I feel like we kicked the hornet's nest. So if you've had a bad week or your week has gone bad, uh, I'm sorry, you know, but sometimes you got to kick the hornet's nest so you can get it out of your property. All right, or you just leave it there and you constantly get stung or bit or, or interfered with. So in the last week, I'll tell you the awesome things that have happened to me. I'm not complaining. I'm just sharing. I was taking Jared, somebody who comes to our church. There's Jared over there. Hi, Jared, with the paper towels. I was taking him home, and as I pulled up into his neighborhood, my engine blew on my car. Praise God, right? That's just a great way to end a church day. You know, you talk about warfare and your engine blows. And then, and then uh, Friday, our house flooded. Praise God. <laughs> Told you we kicked the hornet's nest. Just the downstairs, so, I mean, that's okay, right? It's just the downstairs, not both floors. I mean, my wife's being positive. And because of my back surgeries, I've been in incredible pain all week, and so I don't feel good physically, and then they give you pain pills that make you like a stupid zombie. So I'm a stupid zombie trying to do my job well enough, you know, not to get fired. All right, praise God. And then the house floods, and I know I can't take care of it on my own, and I call people, and they're like, 500 bucks. I'm like, 500 nothing. And I'm saying, you're not, ha-ha, goodbye. We'll, follow, we'll find somebody else. And then to top it all off, I got home, and I got jury duty, all right? <laughs> Second time this year. So praise God, we've kicked the hornet's nest. But in the midst of that, I'll tell you that God is faithful. But I was at a uh, presentation where the superintendent was, and the school board was, and somebody got up, and he started talking about our school, and spent about 40 seconds telling everybody in that room how good of a job I was doing. I was like, you see that? Look at, listen to that guy. Forget all these other people. And then in the midst of my car blowing, I have a really good dad who was able to help me borrow a car so I can get to work. So praise God for family that has an extra vehicle that can get to work. And then we found somebody to fix our house for way cheaper than 500 bucks. And so um, I don't know what's going to happen with jury duty, but I'm praying it's something good. So if your week has gone bad, it's because we're kicking the hornet's nest. We, we're dealing with spiritual forces of evil. There are spiritual forces like assigned against you that look at you and they want to bring you down and tear you down. They want to distract you. They want you to be defeated. They want you to be disillusioned. They want, to, they want you to believe lies about yourself, lies about this world, lies about God. Like they are after you and they are working Sometimes through people in your own family, they're working through people at your place of work, they're working just, I don't know if they go into engines and pull things out, I don't know if it's gremlins or something like that, but they are out after you, and um, I don't want to be the person that thinks that there's a, you know, a demon behind every tree, but, but, but it's true, there, there's a spiritual element to this world, and so what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, because I don't know if there's any way that you can have really victory in the spiritual realm, not to get spooky, you know, like some late night talk show that's out of the world, but you can't get victory in the spiritual realm until you understand the Holy Spirit and what that is about. So here's a verse, it's in the book of um, John, if you have your insert, if you don't have one, raise your hand and somebody will be nice enough to come get it to you, you have an insert, it's in the book of John chapter 20, and I put this, there's several verses in the Bible that are just really confusing, 
this verse, this little passage is on that list. This is after Jesus had died. He was resurrected. His disciples didn't believe that he was resurrected. They didn't know what happened, but they didn't really believe in the resurrection yet. And they were very disillusioned. The enemy had them defeated. Remember, uh, Peter was lying about, hey, I don't know who Jesus is. Peter was lying and, and denying Christ. And now they're gathered in a room. And it says, on an evening of the first day of the week, the doors were locked. Why were they locked? They were scared. They had seen their leader crucified. It could be happening to them very soon. For there was fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Jesus always brings peace wherever he is. And when he said this, he showed him his hands and his side. So they got something that we, you know, most likely will never get to see the resurrected Lord. He showed him his hands. Look, I'm pierced. Look, I was, I was stabbed. I, like this happened. I'm alive. And, and they were amazed. And so they believed. Um, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. Even so, I'm sending you. Now, here's the weird part. When he had said this, he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, what's strange about this is because we know from the other Gospels in the book of Acts, he said, don't go anywhere until you receive the Holy Spirit. Wait. He says there was over 500 people that had seen him. And at the end, on the day of Pentecost, 120 were gathered in the upper room. And that's when the Holy Spirit descended. So how do you relate this with Jesus breathing on somebody, which, you know, that's weird. If I were to breathe on you, it'd be like, it's a little bit different. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. How do you combine this? How do you interact this with what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down with tongues as a fire and you know thousands of people were saved on that day well I'm going to attempt to do it and hopefully give you some understanding but the very first point is is we don't have a complete understanding of God's spirit let's go to uh, the next verse right here John 14 15 through 17 John says if you love me you'll keep my commandments and I'll ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever a helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You will know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I want you to hear that last sentence. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So you want to say we don't have a complete understanding of the Holy Spirit. And this is not pointing fingers at you. This is pointing fingers at how amazing God's Spirit is. One of the most amazing tools, and this is weak, is this thing right here. Had this for about 18 years, maybe 20. It is a Leatherman. If you've never had a Leatherman, get one. All right, they're awesome. There's other brands, but this one is cool. It's a multi-tool. When you first get this multi-tool, you really don't have a complete understanding of all the different things it can do. You've got to play with it a little bit. You got to dig into it. You got to open things up. You got to, you got to see all the unique things that are there and all the stuff that it can do. Now, some of them have a ton of stuff, and this one does very easily. You can see it turns into pliers, which I use all the time. But let's move into this thing, and let's get our understanding. Let's play. Let's let, let's dig into the Holy Spirit. That last sentence, 
for he dwells with you and will be in you. The first one I want to point is, is what Jesus said is that he will be with us, and that's conviction. If I were related to this little tool, like the first thing that happens is, is I'm aware that this tool exists. When I was given this tool, all of a sudden I became convinced. I was like, that's real. And the Holy Spirit is with us right now, convicting us, convicting, convincing us that God is real, that he is worthy to be served, that he is bigger than anything else. And, and some of you, you know that much of the Holy Spirit. And that's a big part of it. If you don't know that much, if you are not convinced that he is real and that he loves you and that there is a reality greater than what you can see with your eyes or touch with your hands, like life is going to be hard. But he comes first to convict us. He's with us. He sits there. Just like I feel the weight of this in my hand right now, this is heavy. I can feel the weight of this in my hand. We can feel the weight of God's glory sometimes. We get a sense of awe and wonder. We are convicted that he is holy and we are not. And we're aware of our standing before him. The next thing he says is that he will be in us. If we go back to that verse, um, that screen, it says he will be in us. He will be with you and he will be in you. The second thing I want to say is he will be in us. And that's transformation. Transformation. God doesn't want to just convince you that he is real, convince you that that you need him and you're a sinner and you're broken. But that's a good step. The next thing he wants to do is he wants to be inside of you, to renovate your heart, to change things around. Some of us get this far. And if we only get this far, that's awesome. Some of you are aware of how you are, and you are actively seeking God to transform you. You might have bitterness. You might have doubt, disillusionment, anger. You have something going on in your life, and you're saying, God, change me. I don't want to be this way. And you have a house guest who is ready to clean you up. My sister, when she visits, she's almost got OCD. She caught it from my father. So when she visits, she will jump on those dishes. Praise God. Because with seven people in our house, there's a ton of dishes. And, and when she visits, she's a house guest. And she cleans and she picks up stuff. And she walks the dog and she makes life just a little bit easier. Well, you've got a heart guest. Somebody that is welcome to come in and to do some of the work that you can't do or that is too hard to do or it is impossible for you. And to transform your heart. This little tool, as much as you wouldn't believe it, I've used it on myself. There's been splinters in my feet that I've dug out. There's been stuff that I've sawed off my arm or or done different things, and, and, and it's a good tool to use on myself. It's not really, like, the main thing. Like, you don't get this tool. They don't offer a surgical one, you know, with surgical blades, and you sterilize it. But, but it can be used on yourself. He wants to be with us, and I believe the Holy Spirit is with each of you. I believe if you're in this room, I believe the Spirit of God is here, and I believe he's working to convince you of his righteousness and of your unrighteousness, to convince you that he is real and worthy to be served and make you want to do it like he convinces you. And I believe for some of you, not everyone, for some of you, the Holy Spirit is in you because you were convinced and you confessed with your mouth. And you believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord. 
And he came in, and he's working on you. And if that's all that was available, like that is more than enough. If that was the fullness of the gospel, that God would convince us that he's real and transform us by his spirit and by his grace, we could stop there and have a great time. But I believe like just with this, there's more. And if you play with it and if you look at it and you go into it, you can read that Jesus really does say there's more. Let's go to another scripture. This is out of the book of Acts, chapter 1. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. They didn't have an understanding of the kingdom of God. They thought Jesus was going to set his throne up on earth then. And they didn't know. And Jesus kind of takes their question that they asked, when are you going to establish your kingdom? A question that they asked that really didn't need to be answered. You can ask a dumb question. People say there's no dumb questions. Haven't worked in a school. A lot of dumb questions out there. Just tons of dumb questions. So they asked a dumb question, and Jesus kind of gave them just enough to shut them up and said, don't worry about it. You know, it's not for you to know the times or seasons. You're asking the wrong question. This is the right question. The right question is, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we've already talked about how the Holy Spirit wants to be with us, to convince us, to convict us, that we would feel the weight of his presence and know there needs to be something that happens. And then we talked about how he wants to be in us, to transform us, to renew us, to make us more loving, to get rid of unforgiveness, to get rid of bitterness, to heal brokenness. But the third thing about the Holy Spirit, for lack of a better word, is he wants to also be upon us. And to be upon us is is the commission, is the empowerment. Now, I'm not saying these are three steps that have to be taken in that order. For some people, they take all three steps in an instant. For some people, you come, you're convinced that God is real, you, you confess him with your mouth, he comes right there, he transforms you, you're different, and you immediately begin to be active, and you, you just can't help but tell somebody about Jesus. You just can't help but love the broken. You just can't help but serve the ones that need to be served. But for some of us, we never even considered it. We've never even considered that the Holy Spirit would come upon us and empower us to do God's work. And that's the third thing about the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what's crazy, and and this is true whether you like it or not, is that any one of these steps can be taken while the other two are ignored. Some people, you ever wonder why somebody can get a really big church and just grows and grows and, and people are loving it and all of a sudden people are coming from like, for like thousands of people and they're getting baptized and, and like, you know, everything is going well and then all of a sudden it turns out like the pastor's snorting cocaine with strippers in a motel. You ever heard that story? Like that's a story that happens. You're like, holy, holy heck, what's going on here? Because the, the empowerment was there. Dude could stand up and preach the gospel, and God's spirit was there, but the transformation process had stopped a long time ago, and his heart had been dulled to the conviction of the Lord, and he wasn't allowing God to work in him. And there's some people, they can be the most holy, wonderful, awesome people, but they never do a thing in God's kingdom. 
They've ignored this piece. They've never let the, the empowerment come upon them and allow God to use them. They've never offered up their life for somebody else. They're so inward focused that they forget the heart of the gospel. See, and, and for you to be successful in this spiritual battle, for you to be doing what God would have you to do, I think you need all three. I think you need, you need the fullness of what God's spirit can do because you need to be convinced out there in the world that God is true and every man be a liar or you're not going to stand. You need to be transformed or else you'll reap what you're sowing. You need to be made different by the God. Like That has to happen. You can't skip that step. But equally as important, you have to allow God to use you. You have to be empowered supernaturally. Like, you cannot do it on your own. And some of you, I, I, I could feel it in the room. You're like, but, but I, don't really, I don't really want that. It doesn't matter what you want. May the Holy Spirit convince you right now that it doesn't matter what you want. It's not about you. It's not about me. What matters is, is there's 135,000 people in this city or county that don't have a church home. Now, I'm not saying every single one of that 135,000 is lost and going to hell, but I'm saying probably most are. And have you laid down your life? Have you received an empowerment by God? Some people say, well, I just don't know if I could do it. Man, God will empower you. I've shared this before, and it's kind of weird, but hey, I'm going to share it anyway. I was seeking that. You know, I felt God change me. I felt convinced, and I was even sharing my faith on the street. You want to know, like, and this is where I have a hard time problem, and this is my fault, and I want you to forgive me because my heart needs to be changed. But I have no idea how a Christian can know the gospel and see a man going to hell or a woman going to hell and not be compelled to like, hey, let me tell you something about eternity. So the minute I got saved, I began to preach. Like It, I, it was like, how could I legitimately say I believe that Christ's death was for the salvation of mankind? How could I say I believe and never tell anybody? I didn't know how there could be a difference. I, I, didn't, I didn't know how I could reconcile that, how I could live a life where I just went to church and sat there and warmed up a pew. Like, how would you really believe it? Like, I didn't know how it would work. But I was still seeking this empowerment. And the first time I ever got to preach at my church... Back home, I came in, and I'm bringing kids to church because I knew it would be good for them to be there. And I'm getting, you know, Bible studies, and Bible studies are growing. And then the youth pastor was like, hey, I want you to preach. And I'd never preached before. And I remember just seeking the Lord and being like, God, I want your power. I want your, 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 your power. I want, I want what Acts had. Like Acts, there was this vision of, of people calling out for God's spirit and God's spirit coming down in Acts 2 and then even in Acts 4. And I remember walking up to the stage, and, um, you know, I told the sound guy, God bless sound guys. Sound guys are a blessing. I said, hey, can you play this song before I speak? He's like, whatever, man. No big deal. So he takes a CD, and the song was very simple. It's probably like 38 seconds long, like super short song. It just said, sweet anointing, fall on me. One sentence said over and over to, like, harmonies and melodies, which I just can't do. But it was sweet anointing or the empowerment of the Spirit come upon me. 
And as he played that song, I just raised my hand. And I'm standing it in front of people. And I, I know none of them can express, see what happened. But it was like lightning that was liquid came all over me. And it was the most energizing thing. I've never felt anything like it. So much so that it became like so heavy, the weight of this liquid lightning, which is the only thing I can describe it as, came on me and I couldn't stand anymore and I wound up falling down on the ground within 38 seconds. The song stopped. I got up, acted like nothing weird happened. I was like, hey guys, what's up? Anyway, I'm speaking today. Just kind of ignored that whole thing. Like, I don't even know how to process that. That was weird. I wasn't going to be like, I just got struck with liquid lightning. That was awesome. No, I didn't. Got up. They were like, what? Probably preached the best sermon I ever had in my life. You need the empowerment of the Spirit. Whether it's in your family or in your job or in your church to reach the lost. And, um... I think we're going to stop it there. There's another scripture there on your, on your page, but we're, we're going to stop it there. You can read through and learn a little bit about um, what happened in Ephesus. Let that be your homework, if you'd like. But right now, I want you just to close your eyes for a second. <coughs> I want you to think about where you are in the Lord. Maybe you've been doubting him. Maybe you've been doubting him and you've been mad at him. You've been afraid of life. And maybe God is convincing you. Maybe he's with you right now in your chair. And he's convincing you that he is real and that he loves you. And he is worthy to be served in the good times and the bad times. Maybe there's some of you that he is knocking at the door and he wants to transform your life. Your life looks nothing like Jesus. If we were to hold your life up to the life of Christ, you'd fall up so short that you're ashamed and you're crying out for God to transform you. Or maybe you would like to serve God, but you feel like you got no power in your life. You feel like your words fall on deaf ears. You try to talk about them and it doesn't come out clearly. People don't receive what you say. You pray for people and nothing happens. Maybe you need the Holy Spirit to visit and come upon you. I don't know where you're at. But the Lord does. I'm going to ask who can be honest and say, you know what? I fall in one of those three categories. Would you put your hand up right now? I can honestly say I fall in one of those three categories. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something. Because remember last week we talked about put on the armor of God and then praying in the Spirit. Prayer teams, I'm going to ask you to come up. In a few seconds, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and find somebody up here in the front that has come to pray with you. And just tell them where you're at. Prayer teams, ask them what they need. Ask them what God is doing. And then just pray for them. Everyone stand, please. You guys that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to be bold. I'm going to ask you to activate your faith with a little bit of action. And 
come up to the prayer teams and just give it a try. See if God's church works. See if, if prayer works and allow God to work in your life as the music plays. Somebody be bold and take the first step. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>